Hello everyone, this is David, creator and editor of Licensed to Queer and the writer of the upcoming queer review of Dr. No. This one's been a real labour of love, so I'm just going to do a little bit of an overview so you can have a heads up about what to expect and give you a little bit of behind the scenes as well. The queer review of Dr. No turned out to be the longest queer review to date at just over 13,000 words. And I know that's quite a commitment for uh, lots of people. Um, that's, you know, it's going to take you at least an hour or so to, to read that, I would imagine. And so that's partly why I decided to do this as a podcast, because people can carry it around with them and um, you can listen to it on the bus train or when you're doing the dishes or whatever. That's that's certainly one of the benefits of podcasts and that's why I enjoy them so much. But I thought it's, it's still a commitment. Why is it worth listening to this? Um, hopefully, as I run through some of the key ideas that are going to be in this first episode, um, something will spark your interest. It might also help you, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, you might just want to listen to particular episodes. Because I have decided to split the Dr. No podcast into five sections. Regular readers of the website will recognise the sections. The first section is about Bond himself, the character. And that's by far the longest section for this one, as you might expect from Dr. No, the one which established the Bond character that we know and love. Then you've got a shorter section on the allies. Then you've got the third section, which is another longish section, which is the villains, um, a kind of in-between length section on the girls, and then a short section on camp with the wrapping up and my queer review uh, verdict that I always put on the end of those. And if you are a first-time listener uh, and you've never read any the queer reviews on the website, there is another little podcast that I've done which explains a bit more about how those headings work. But I'm just gonna run through each of the five sections, give you a heads up about the key ideas. I'm not gonna go through everything because it would take me a long time. But uh, so in the first section, you've got the, the way that Bond is characterized in this first film. The main idea there is how his gender is constructed and how gender is kind of a performance. One of the ideas that regular readers will know I keep obsessing over is that Bond presents an alternative version of masculinity for someone who's often said to be the ultimate man. The way that he's actually created in Dr. No, in the film of Dr. No, and I do do an extended comparison with the book. Don't worry if you haven't read the book, because I always contextualise everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced <laughs> he's the ultimate man based on the characterization. And I, I mean that with the greatest of respect. I think that's why a lot of queer people, particularly gay men like me, are drawn to him. And I go through that in a lot of detail, like the first, the introductory sequence. I think I wrote a couple of thousand words just on that sequence of shots where he meets Sylvia Trench in the casino. Uh, the idea that gender is a spectrum, um, there are extremes of masculinity and femininity, but the reality is most of us are somewhere in between those extremes. That's the main idea that runs through the whole piece. 
Um, it does run into the next section as well, which is the allies. So we deal with the first appearances of who were who have become regulars like M and Moneypenny and Felix Leiter. There's also an extended discussion of quarrel and the way that colonialism is dealt with in fiction. And I've not done that in any kind of browbeating, like uh, moralizing way at all. Um, hopefully you think I'll have, I've achieved that. Um, although there is a lot that is deeply problematic about Bond, as regular readers will know, my stance on this is that we interrogate those elements um, uh, without kind of brushing them under the carpet, but without cancelling them as well. So that's the approach that I've taken to that. Similarly, the, with the villains, which is the next section, I'm dealing with disability. Couldn't avoid, and I didn't want to avoid, discussing the way disability is treated in, in Bond. I've touched on it a little bit in some of the other pieces, but Dr. No really, really pushes disability to the fore, right from the three blind mice at the start. And you've obviously got Dr. No's hands, which were a lot of fun to analyze. In the midst of that section, you've also got um, a section I almost subtitled, but just about resisted called How Bent is Dent. But there's uh, a discussion of Professor Dent, obviously, uh, and also what his death signifies and how that's represented. That was a lot of fun to write. And it was only by really slowing the film down and, and uh, examining it that I, I saw that um, iconic scene where Bond kind of is shown as a cold-blooded killer for the first time um, that I kind of took something new away from that. So I hope you enjoy that. The fourth section is the girls. And we're back to that masculine feminine spectrum idea. The girls actually exhibit quite stereotypically masculine traits at times. Um, I spend a bit more time on Sylvia Trench, um, a lot of time on Honey Rider. Obviously you would expect that, particularly looking at Fleming's inspirations and how they were translated to screen. And that includes a discussion of Botticelli's Venus, which is a direct inspiration. And that was quite fun to unpick in the research. There was quite a lot to do there. Fine, in the final section, camp. There actually wasn't a lot left over to write in this section. Sometimes the camp section ends up becoming a kind of um, a mixed selection of things that wouldn't fit into the other categories, but everything else sort of seemed to fit apart from. I decided to disaggregate the discussion of humor and put that in, I, I, that was originally in the Bond section, but then I decided to put it in the, the camp section because it's not exclusive just to Bond. And the extent to which the humour of Dr. No was intentional or not gets debated in there. And it, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's you know a funny film, whether it was intended or not, but that has ramifications for whether it's considered to be camp or not. And there's also a regular feature in there, which regulars will recognize, which is hot bond boys with bit parts. I managed to do my bit for feminism again um, <laughs> uh, by, by choosing uh, some selected uh, individual uh, attractive men from Dr. No. Uh, finally, wraps up with the verdict. And I agonized, I really agonized over this one because this was the first Bond film and it set the template for so much to follow. Is it kind of less queer or more queer than everything else that followed? So you'll have to read or listen to the final piece to find out what I thought. 
So if I was to try and sell this to people, um, I'd say that this one, in terms of dealing with queer issues, it does deal with sex and relationships. It particularly deals with gender. Um, of those three, sex relationships and gender, some, some films lend themselves to an analysis of kind of one or two more than the other. Uh, this one very much is a gender analysis with elements of sex and relationships. Quite a lot of psychology. I've had to read quite a lot of psychology for this one. There's some linguistics in there. Or oh, one thing I forgot, a discussion of Connery's Scottish accent. And I compare it with gay voice, which is very stereotypical. Um, and it will make sense in context. Um, if, you if you do listen to the podcast version rather than read it on the website, you will hear my attempt to do Connery's Scottish accent. So uh, there you go. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, you take care. You can find the website at www.licensetoqueer.com. License is spelt with two C's, the British English way, and like the title of the Timothy Dalton film. You can also find me at Licensed to Queer on Instagram and Twitter.